Let's Talk Land, a weekly land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Learn from the experts, guys. This is free land education. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm an accredited land consultant with United Country Real Estate Sutton Properties, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, who is so busy she can't even get anybody to clean her house, so she's out selling real estate. It's a wild market out there right now. Buying or selling homes, land or farms in western Piedmont, North Carolina, or southern Virginia, just give us a shout. We'll help you out. Our office is at 102 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain next to BB&T Bank. Our company website is www.allsuttonproperties.com. That's A-L-L-S-U-T-T-O-N properties, plural, dot com. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members. And our national website is www.rliland.com. Hey, now listen to me. If you want to buy or sell land, you want to work with someone who knows what they're doing. We are highly trained and educated realtors all over the United States. So it doesn't matter where you are, go to that website, find hopefully an ALC or at least a member of our organization, and contact them. They'll save you money if you're buying, and they will make you money if you're selling. So it's www.rliland.com. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com, buying or selling land. LandHub is the place to be. Well, we've got an interesting group here, a guest. We've got uh, Andy Stencil, who is uh, coming back for his second show. and He's an ALC like me from Wilkes County. Welcome, Andy. Welcome, welcome, Lou. We really appreciate this opportunity. Lou. Oh. We're excited about going on the air. And this is our second time we've only done it, but we're, you know, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. Well, we you're, appreciate pr- the you're pros now. You're pros now. And you brought with you today Walter Smith from Yatkin County. Welcome, Walter. Good, good to have me here today. I'm glad you let me come speak. Well, we're going to see what you got to say because we're going to talk about the future of hemp farms today, right? Specifically here in North Carolina, but this is applicable. This is a national show. Uh, This is applicable throughout the United States and and actually international. But uh, uh, we, by the way, we've done a couple shows on the the subject of hemp. Our ALC buddy, uh, uh, Kurt Goebel, uh, was on podcast 62 if you want to go back to that one and then we had a local grower here uh, partners papa bear farms and they were podcast 89 so what we want to do is uh you know walter you were born in lumberton right north carolina and and taught vocational agriculture after graduating from nc state go wolf pack in 1976 i'm a little bit older than you are i graduated in 71 that was a good year, too. That was a great year. I wish we had those years back. But uh, 32 years, you worked for the Department of Agriculture and served as Mayor of Boonville. Yes, so I did. Do we uh, still call you Mayor? Your Honor. Your Honor. Well, I ran for Mayor of Pilot Mountain and uh, came in second, but there were only two of us. So uh, that was back a number of years ago. But uh, appreciate your service because that uh, takes you. a lot of dedication. Um you're a member of a lot of different groups, uh, and, and um, uh, specifically uh, the Yakin County Farm Bureau Poultry Committee, the Yakin County Extension Service Leadership Advisory Council. What is that? That's a group that advises the local extension services, gives them feedback from the community. Okay. And then, of course, you're in the Rotary Club. That's a hell of an organization. And the Yakin Chamber of Commerce. Did I leave anything out? Um, maybe the uh, Farm Bureau State Hemp Advisory Committee. Okay, yeah. What is that? That was one thing I was curious about. That is a fairly new committee. We've only been in existence uh, probably about a year and a half. We finally convinced the Farm Bureau that hemp was an agricultural commodity, and it was legal in North Carolina, and we should have their support in getting legislation and policy passed. So they finally agreed to that and set up a statewide hemp committee, and I'm one of those members. Good for you. How many members you got now? We've got, uh, well, we haven't met in over a year, but last meeting I think we had like 10 committee members. Hmm. Committee members. Okay. Well, you know, for centuries the hemp industry, the plant, plant species, cannabis, um, has been a source of fiber and oil seed used worldwide to produce a variety of industry and commercial projects. Currently more than 30 nations grow industrial hemp as well as agricultural commodities. 
which is sold on the world market. And in the United States, the production is strictly controlled under the existing laws. And Congress, the 113th Congress, made significant changes back in 2014 as part of the Agricultural Act and provided certain research institutes and state departments of agriculture to grow hemp as part of the agricultural pilot program. And that's what is still under that status right now, isn't it? Still under the pilot program? It is. Program. Uh, they did pass the 2018 Act, which actually uh, made hemp a legal crop and took it out from under uh, the drugs. This, the, the Series 1, I think they yeah, called it, Yeah, Series 1 or 2 drugs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see. Yeah, that's right. And in 2015, uh, they uh, set up the Industrial Hemp Commission to develop the licensing structure. And, uh, and you know, they're, they're still, you know, this is still on the ground floor, guys. I mean, this is a product that's been around for millions of years. <laughs> and uh, I remember when I was a scout, I'm an Eagle Scout, proud to be. We used to go camping in Charlotte. We had a, uh, one of the scoutmasters had uh, 100 acres or so which was conveniently located where Interstate 77 crosses 85, but back then, 77. I don't know how these politicians find these good corners to, um, to uh, invest in. But um, they, they, they would tell us to put hemp rope around our sleeping bags at night because the snakes wouldn't crawl across it. The, 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 uh, the hemp rope would scratch their bellies. You ever heard that? I've never heard that. But uh, that's what we used to do. But, but you know, everybody... When this thing started um, out a couple of years ago, and I know several situations, and, and uh, you know, everybody thought this was going to be a get-rich scheme, and for some it has, but, uh, you know, there's more to it than that, and that's what we want to talk about today is the future of, of hemp. Andy, I'm going to turn it over to you, and I've got you guys introduced, and uh, I'm going to learn a lot today. Well, Lou, listen, once again, I really appreciate this opportunity. Lou, when I came to North Carolina, uh, I moved down here originally from Georgia. I lived in Michigan. I've been in the real estate business for quite some time, and I, and I started to get more involved with local farms, and I kept trying to get in with a certain family. There was a big, big farming operation in Wilkes County. It was the Mathis boys, but I never was able to really click with them. And I kept thinking in the back of my mind that this hemp opportunity is really going to take off. And that if you just keep trying, this thing is really going, really going to come together. So I started doing some research, and then we found out about the pilot program, and we were working real closely with the Department of Agriculture. And the more communications I had with the, with the Department of Agriculture, the more I was impressed with everybody that was affiliated with the, with the Department of Agriculture and, and exactly what they were doing to promote CBD and figuring out a way to help the farmers determine how to do this and maybe transfer a lot of the tobacco farmers into maybe hemp farmers. Right. Uh, consequently, that, that basically happened. But when it happened, a lot of the big farmers that were growing tobacco, they kind of decided to get away from tobacco and they put everything in, into the hemp industry and they, they got into it without really having an understanding of the business and then we started finding out certain characteristics of the plant. For example, the plant despises water. And if, and if your crop is in the field and if you get a certain amount of water, the crop is generally not going to harvest. So, so that was a learning process. And then there's a big thing that, that I learned is that farming is something that we need to, to have a better understanding of because it's so important as to the ingredients and, the, and, and the, the chemicals that the farmers are putting in their soil. And we want to make sure that future generations can, can benefit from, from some of the practices that we've learned in, in relationship to, to dealing with hemp and people that are organic growers. And that what, that's what we're doing. We're, we're growing organic. And we pretty much know everything that we can know about the plant. We know, we know where the seed comes from. We've done research to determine what the analysis says. Uh, we do all this. We do all of the testing, and, and we we generally do it like four or five different places just to make sure that we know what we're doing and we know what kind of direction that we're, that we're heading into. But essentially, what hemp can do, hemp can can help transform land that's not that fertile. And, and make it more fertile. There's, there's a lot of ingredients that, that go into the hemp plant 
that cleans and purifies the soil to take contaminants out, of, like Roundup and things like that, okay. because we don't use Roundup, and we just don't want anything to do with it. But but what happens at at, at the end of the at the end stage, right before the plant fly, uh, flowers, uh, we we have to do an additional test to determine what the current THC level is, right. and and a lot of times. It, it, you, you waited a little bit too long, and consequently, you know, your crop is junk. But now what we have decided is that we have a better understanding of the different varieties. We've got two different directions we can go. We can either go with the CBD or we can go with the fiber. Now, the fiber deal has really gotten me going because most of the people that are in the CBD business have lost money for the last four years. And there is one farmer in Wilmington that uh, that I understand that he's got a creamery operation. He's got a gigantic farm operation. He's making money off him. Now, exactly what he's doing, I don't know. But Walter and I want to go down and meet him and see what he's doing because we want to, to fine-tune what we're doing. And, and we probably will be transforming our business into more of a fiber concentrated deal. And and and, and I've, I've got people, a local textile company that has been trying to encourage me to, uh, to take over a building that they've got so we could do an indoor grow operation. But we were kind of not really wanting to do that because we didn't know that, that all the, you know, that, that the stars were lining up, so to speak. But now we've come to the realization is that is that we have people that have been in the industry since the early 70s and i've got i've got a real good friend down in florida that uh, that i kind of run all my ideas across and he kind of tells me if it'll work or if it won't work but but what i'm really excited about is is meeting walter uh, and i met walter kind of a unique way uh, i've got a friend of mine i met through junior johnson and uh, Alan Styers is his name, and, and, and Alan opened up a restaurant in Yatkinville, and I was trying to help, you know, promote his restaurant and, and encouraging people from Wilts County to go to Yadkinville, you know, to go to his restaurant. And then, and then Alan told me, he said, I've got a guy I want you to meet. And, and it was Walter, because uh, I had been talking to economic development people in Yadkin County, Surrey County, uh, Iredale County talking to people in Mooresville about what we could do to to get the hemp going, to, to get the hemp farmers enthusiastic and in, in being able to to willing to to risk to get into the business. And then he said, "Well, I've got the perfect guy," and that was Walter Walter Smith. And Walter comes from a background he re, he retired from from the Department of Agriculture. He brings so much credibility to what we're doing. That, that I'm just, I'm really enthusiastic and I'm really excited about our opportunities because Walter knows how to speak the language from the rural farmer. And, 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 and I think that uh, eventually what, what we're going to do is we're going to make some great strides and, 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 we're, and we're doing everything we can to be here so we can answer questions. We want to do more shows like this and we want to let people know that we're here to help them. And, and we've even got a program that Walter has kind of started where, where we can supply the farmer with seed. We can supply him with a permit, which they would be working under Walter's, Walter's permit. And, 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 and Walter would be overseeing, you know, all of you know, what they're using for fertilizers and all these things. And it, it, it makes your chance of succeeding a lot greater than it would be that if you randomly decided to get a hemp permit yourself, and, and this is kind of a, a fast start. And then what we want to do is we want to help them through the process. And then once it comes time to harvest, we've got a market created. There, there's people out there, Ford Motor Company, for example, there's companies out there that are just chomping at the bit to get this fabric. And right now we're trying to build the volume to the point to where it will be worthwhile. And, and, and we're hoping that we can get to just a few farmers that we can go talk to and start a relationship because at this time next year, we want to be, we want to be ready to go. Hey, our guest today is Walter Smith and Andy Sensel. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com. View thousands of properties for sale 
at landhub.com. Okay, Walter, what uh, what I was wanting to know in some of the recent meetings that you've been going to, Walter's been going quite a bit down to Raleigh and meeting with the people that are instrumental in, in, uh, in determining what, what's happening with the industry. And, and what are you finding and what are you learning that's good current information, Walter, that we could tell the people out there so they'll have a better understanding and maybe get excited enough to want to try to maybe invest some money with a local farmer or, or try to work a deal under, un, under your permit. Uh, what do you think we need to do at this point, Walter? Well, we're finding that uh, the CBD industry is kind of leveled off. Initially, that was where everyone was going. Everyone wanted to grow the CBD oil, and um, it's leveled out. Um, it's going to take another year or two for supply and demand to get in line with one another. But where I see the future of hemp uh, in North Carolina is with the fiber industry. There are so many. There's over 25,000 uses for the hemp plant. And the farmer can grow it without any special equipment. All they need is a planter and a mower and a, a baler, hay baler, and you can grow hemp. So it's something that any family farm can grow. And we're having such a problem with family farms not finding a crop that they can make a profit at, and we're losing our family farms. This is a way we can help the family farms stay alive in North Carolina. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. But once again, if we can encourage these large farmers out there to at least try it a little bit and, and just see, see how it goes, because with, with the understanding and with the, machineries that, with the machinery that they've got, most of the farmers tell their kids that, you know, go to engineering school or go somewhere, go away to school. You know, don't worry about coming back to North Carolina or to Wilkesboro and, 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 and trying to help us with the farm because they're not that excited about the future of farming. But that's what needs to change. Our, our, our vocational schools needs to have more of, of, of where people understand how to grow crops. I've always thought you know, that, that farmers just really didn't, I really didn't understand why they were into it because it took so much work, it took so much uh, funding to get in the farming business, and yet it's not that, it's not that lucrative. But now it is. The, you know, the prices of, 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 of corn, the price of everything just continues to go up, and we want to do what we can to encourage people to, you know, to get in with the Department of Agriculture, with their county extension club, with the 4-H club, and, and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, Walter, just kind of give us an idea of what you think we could do right now to, uh, to encourage people to, you know, to want to know more, more about the industry. Well, there's, there's several things that are good about the hemp industry. It's not just good for the farmer. It's good for the land. The farmer can make a profit at it. Most any farmer has the equipment available that they can farm hemp. Um, right now, the market for hemp is about 15 cents a pound uh, biomass for the hemp. And you can should be able to get about three ton per acre. That's 6,000 pounds. That's about $900. Um, take away about two or 300 for your expenses you're still going to net more money with hemp than you can with corn or soybeans right now. And um, it's also good for the land. Uh, hemp, uh, you've heard the old saying that chickens are what they eat. Well, hemp is what it's grown on. Um, hemp actually extracts uh, toxins and heavy metals and pesticides from the soil. So you can actually put hemp in a soil that has some problems and in a few years, it will help to clean up that soil. It will actually suck those toxins and heavy metals out of the soil. So there's a lot of good, not just for the farmer, but for the land in North Carolina. So, you know, we're encouraging farmers to get involved. Um, we're working on a supply chain. We're working on infrastructure. Uh, we're working on varieties. NC State University has, has put more attention on the hemp for fiber now than they are the CBD like they did in the beginning. And we're going to have a hemp variety that's going to be able to be grown in North Carolina, which is one of our issues right now. But that's going to be solved pretty soon with the help of NC State University. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to jump in just for a second. Is, would this be considered a rotation crop because of what you're talking about, the cleaning, you know, cleaning, you know, where you maybe grow it for two or three years and now you come back with another crop? Or is this something that should just be dedicated, part of the farm dedicated to the uh, Product. I, I think it's going to be a more profitable crop. For example, I was told 
back three or four years ago that if you grew corn, if you were growing soybeans, if you grew CBD and all and everything went according to the way it's supposed to, you could make as much as five times the amount of gross that you would if you were if you were dealing dealing with uh, with corns. So we think from a profitable uh, standpoint, hemp hemp has got to be superior to to corn. It, it it just it's just going to take us to get the understanding where we we're we're we're, we're satisfied with the different strains and the different practices, and and, and things like that. But um, you know the big thing about this product is just, it's got so many uses, and uh, there, there's just so much that w that we could that we could do with the crop. I know that uh, that, that I I'm I'm in a real estate business and I get stressed out over deals. You know how that goes, Lou. No, I never experienced that. <laughs> well, and believe way, you you really get to the point where everything's kind of falling apart, and then when I get down when I get that way, I've got a tincture that Walter and I have come up with. We're at 1,500 milligrams, and, uh, and and I take it at night when I can't go to sleep, and it allows me to go to sleep. When I get, and it helps, it, it makes me feel like I'm more creative. It more makes me feel like, you know, I'm more productive when 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 I use this stuff. But uh, it, it's just it, it it it's really unique in the fact that there's a lot of people that are that are taking this these products. And, and and they really don't advertise it, but I've got friends of mine whose whose family members have Alzheimer's, have Parkinson's disease, and different things like that, and 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 I get so much satisfaction out of out of giving them a product a lot cheaper that they can get it anywhere else, that that Walter and I put our name on, and we're we're, we're we know that it's doing good, and it, it helps me personally. And it, uh, it it can help you, a consumer out there, listen to what we're talking about. But uh, I give it to my dog, and she uh, absolutely. Yeah, she's it's amazing. She's a female, so she won't tell me how old she is. But yeah. I'm thinking around 12, 13. But I run her anywhere from 10 to 40 miles a week, and uh, she's just like a puppy. I, I've yeah. never seen a yeah. creature with so much energy. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing that uh, Walter, I'm, I'm pretty much in a Wilt, in Wilts County, and the grow operations I've been involved with have been in Wilts County, and Walter is, 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 has been in the farming business in Yadkin County, and, and he's got a real understanding of that stuff, and, and from that standpoint, uh, so what's, he, mi what's missing? Well, he, he's, he's to be able to, to, to. To do certain things and document it, and, and get everything get everything organized to the point to where we can put together a presentation, and and talk to different civic organizations and, and tell them you know the benefits of, of, of what we're doing, and, and just make it more of an acceptable crop, and and, and it doesn't have the uh, a lot of the religious people have shunned me for not you know for getting involved with it. But believe you me, it's a great crop. We're sold on it 100%. Well, and Walter said it's been around longer than religion. That's it. That's it. Been well, around about yeah. 10,000 years. Yeah. First evidence of any industry was a hemp industry when they found fabric from 8,000 B.C. Okay. But Andy made a good point. Uh, I've been around the state for four years now uh, talking to farmers about the program, explaining to them what it's all about, what they need to get involved, um, what kind of profits they can make. But the, the biggest issue we're having right now is the community that aren't, uh, aren't farmers, the people that don't understand hemp. They still think that hemp and marijuana are the same thing, and they're absolutely not. And so we need to do a much better job of educating the public as to what hemp is and what the benefits of hemp are. Well, you know, it was around for God. Uh, I mean, when I was growing up, you mentioned I'm an Eagle Scout, but, you know, we... Scoutmaster said uh, he'd always bring rolls of hemp rope, and he says, you know, lay this around your sleeping bag at night and it'll keep the snakes from, from uh, coming on you uh, while you're sleeping because the, the fiber of the hemp would scratch their skins and they wouldn't cross it. And, you know, there's about 100 kids out there with the hemp ropes around the sleeping bags. Did that. you ever get snake bit, nope, Lou? never did, never did. Well, it never must work a, then. Yeah, never <laughs> saw a snake. <laughs> but the thing that, that I've found is a great networking tool. And uh, Lou and I are both members of the Realtors Land Institute, and and we have net we've got a network of real estate people that primarily sell vacant land, most of it's farming land, 
and and we have got uh, we've got contacts that know what we're doing here, and then we're finding out what they're doing there, and we're trying to to use all this network of opportunity to where we can finalize the different strings that we're going to be using, and, and what grows best in North Carolina, and 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 that's what we're hoping that. Uh, you know, we'll get this thing perfected where your chances of success are just a lot greater by, by following, you know, a certain program. Now, Walter, you mentioned at break there's uh, different organizations. There's uh, one at the state, and then there's your organization, for example. Uh, can you explain that? I didn't quite understand that. If I wanted to get involved, do I just go, where do I go? And well, how do I get involved? To, to start with, um, you can go to your local extension service. Okay. Uh, they yeah. have a pretty good handle. Uh, they're doing research with North Carolina State University on the research station, and we're close to coming up with a strain that will work in North Carolina very well. Uh, but there's also other organizations uh, that you can contact, the, um, the North Carolina Hemp Commission. Um, they're the ones that actually approve the applications. You have to apply to get a license. Uh, anybody that grows with me, I actually have to be a partner with them. That's the way the license reads. So you have to have a farm background, or you have to. What you actually, in order to get a license, you have to have a. Uh, you have to be a legitimate farmer. And what's then, a legitimate farmer? Uh, if you've got a, uh, a, um, a tax form for the farmers, okay, and it states that you're in agriculture and you filed a federal tax form for last year, the previous year that you apply for the license and you don't have a, a felony drug conviction, then you can get a license. Okay. It's really not that hard. The cost is about $500 uh, per license. How many do we have right now roughly in the state? We've got over 1,300 licensees right now. Is that pretty much all counties? Or is yeah, that... we've got more people licensed to grow hemp than are growing tobacco right now. Really? That's interesting. It is. <laughs> hemp has already taken over. More growers in tobacco. No one would have ever thought that even just a few years ago. But none of those are really focusing in on the fiber product right now. It's still the CBD. When hemp first started in North Carolina, everybody thought that it was going to be for fiber. And then CBD came along, and everybody decided, well, maybe I better get in the CBD business. I can make a million dollars and retire. Um, well, supply and demand kind of got in their way. And, and right now we're working on the supply and demand in the CBD industry. So and once we get that settled, the supply chain will go up. Um, the, the demand will equal out with the, uh, the supply that's being grown, and we'll stabilize the CBD market. And then when that happens, then we can get back into to realizing what we can do in the CBD industry. But in the meantime, um, I think everybody now realizes that fiber is where North Carolina is going to end up. Hmm. That's where we can make the most money. We can make uh, income for the farmers. We can make income from the state. We can produce products like um, biodegradable plastic. Right now, you can make a biodegradable plastic from hemp that uh, degrades in 10 years, whereas the plastic that we use now pretty much stay there forever. Yeah. Uh, we've already proven that we can make a car out of hemp. Henry Ford did that in 1941. He really? made the first hemp car uh, made out of a, a plastic derived from hemp, and not only that, but uh, he fueled it with ethanol made from hemp. So the hemp industry has over 25,000 uses for a hemp plant. So we've got a lot of potential. We're just scratching the surface of hemp uh, for fiber here in North Carolina. Well, the, the, what recently happened to me is uh, I was talking to a friend of mine in Florida, the guy that I told you about, Lou, his name's Manny Johnson. And Manny's got a Ph.D. in I don't know how many different sciences, and, and uh, he, he, he's, he's really, really helped me tremendously. But uh, he... He has kind of he has given us some ideas as to doing a radio show. He he does a radio show down in Florida three days a week, and I had met Lou and I decided that maybe this would be something that could really take off. And we want the people out there to you know to call us and to you know come to us, ask us questions, and 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 we want to form a relationship with the Department of Agriculture, the County Extension Service, the 4-H Club. About a year ago, I wanted to have an awareness meeting with, with the Extension Service in Wilkes County, and they said, Andy, we've got the facility, you, you, you can use it, and you just kind of set it up and, and, and come up with an agenda. 
and, and we'll and, and we'll publicize it and we'll encourage people to come in and maybe we can you know get some farmers and do something uh, do, do something to promote to promote farming. So we're really hoping that now that the the, the epidemic is 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 uh, is, is kind of losing some of its energy, and and we'll now be able to open things up and maybe have some meetings with the Department of Agriculture and where we can sit down and, and and tell people what we're doing and meet with civic organizations and things like that. Our guest today is Andy Stencil and Walter Smith. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, LandHub.com. Looking to sell your land? Try LandHub.com. Okay, not not too long ago, I was talking to somebody, and they were asking me about uh, about if I had any kind of cigarettes or anything that didn't look like a joint. It looked more like a cigarette, and and then I decided to do some checking on it. And when I was talking to Walter, Walter told me about some people that he knew that that were involved with R.J. Reynolds. And that they have got a rolling machine that that rolls up, you know, tremendous volumes or, or tremendous numbers of, uh, of cigarettes, and we were trying to figure out how we could use the hemp to put it in into that uh, packaging machine and rolling machine, and then we came to the conclusion that the gumminess of of the plant, because when you get the biomass, when you look at the flower. It's real sticky to the touch, and, and it's it you know your hand gets dirty, and and it's just it it's, it, it it gums up something, and what it does it it, it messes the the mechanics of, of the machinery, so we we're trying to adapt some R J Reynolds equipment to have some kind of cleaning aspect to it to where to where it will it will roll it will roll the uh, it will roll the, the, the hemp cigarettes. Because right now, most of the people that are smoking joints, it looks like a joint. Whereas if we've got something that looks like a cigarette, it, it doesn't give people the connotation that they're smoking, you know, that they're smoking or whatever. But uh, we're trying to work with some people right now. And, and Walter, uh, Walter's got the contact. Uh, one of his friends has a big operation, and and he he's kind of got a better understanding. So this about isn't for the individual. This is to do mass produce. Right. Yeah. This is to mass produce because we could do private labeling. You know, there's a lot of different things that we could do, but we're really thinking that this this smoking sick. You know, having it where it looks like a cigarette, and we can put it in a in a box like a pack of Marlboros. It, it is 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 kind of the direction we think the well, market might head. Is this something that, that would have to have special licensing or something? Or? Um, no, um, believe it or not, there is no special licensing. If you're selling any hemp product, uh, the state does not license the uh, the retailers, so anybody can can sell hemp product. And we found a lot of people. Uh, there's different ways of ingesting the CBD, okay. and, and that's what gives you the relief in most cases. Sure. People talk about. Uh, you can put it under your tongue, which is sublingual. Uh, leave it there, and it, it will enter the body probably in in 10 minutes or so. You can eat something, um, maybe 30 to 40 minutes before your body feels the effect of the CBD. But in a cigarette, uh, when you inhale it or smoke it, it has almost an immediate effect. So somebody looking to take CBD for whatever issue that they're taking it for, uh, it has an immediate effect when you smoke it with a cigarette, but we don't want it looking like joints. People thinking, that, well, so they're out there marijuana. now, but not in this format. What you're trying to do, yeah, is we're we've got we want to make it look just like a cigarette, uh, with no connotation to the marijuana industry. We want to separate ourselves from the marijuana industry, um, and we're working the process right now. We've got a pretty good process. The problem is uh, hemp is just like tobacco, for those of you who are familiar with tobacco. It's got a lot of gum in it. Is that before it's cured or after That's it's cured? That's before it's cured. If I go in there and work in my hemp, uh, uh, on my CBD hemp plants, my hands have about the same amount of gum on them if I go out and prime tobacco. Okay. But uh, we're getting that solved. There's a brand-new machine coming out in just a couple of months that supposedly will take all that gum out of the way, get rid of it, and process the uh, the hemp into cigarettes. So we will package it and sell it uh, as a hemp stick or hemp cigarette. Do you have to age this stuff or you have to dry it out? Or uh, No, it does have to be a certain moisture content, but you don't have to age it. Um, growing hemp for, for CBD or for the oil or for the, the smokables is just about like growing tobacco. 
Uh, you put it in rows. You either put it in a greenhouse where you can control the environment, or you put it in rows just like tobacco. You actually set it out with a tobacco setter. Uh, you leave a fifth middle out or ninth middle row so you can irrigate if you've got irrigation with it. And then it's very intensive. You have to harvest it by hand. You cut it down. Uh, you hang it up, and you let it dry. Once it gets dry, then we strip the flowers and the leaves off because that's where the CBD content is. We don't want the stalk. Um, so we will strip the flowers and the leaves, uh, let them dry to a certain moisture, and then we can grind them up. And that's where you extract the CBD oil. It comes from the flowers and the leaf of the plant. Question. So you were talking about fiber. Where does the fiber come from in the plant? That's a good question. A lot of people uh, think the fiber plant and the, uh, the CBD plant are grown the same way. They are the same plant. They're just a little variety of difference to okay. them. They are exactly the same plant. As you well know, if you grow a bush by itself, it's going to get real bushy. But if you plant the bushes 10 seeds in a 2-inch spot, when they grow up, they're going to go straight up and not bush out. That's the principle behind the CBD for flower and the CBD for fiber. The fiber, we want to plant it very densely, and we want it to grow straight up and not bush out. So we're interested in the, uh, the stalk, the actual fiber itself, gotcha. and that's the difference between the fiber stalk and the CBD plant. So I guess the fiber is going to be more dense? In its, in its the fiber structure. will be very dense. We, um, As opposed to the CBD plant, yeah, the which is more of a... CBD plant, we will plant something like um, six feet apart, uh, each plant, because it's going to bush out. We don't want it touching one another. Uh, so we're going to put them five to six feet apart, whereas the um, the seed for the fiber, we're going to plant it so it's probably about uh, one or two inches apart if possible. Which seems to me to be the most uh, cost-effective. I'd want to do both. Uh, there is one problem with that, Lou. Um, pollination. Pollination. If you plant you a if you plant a CBD plant and you want the oil from it, the CBD oil, and you plant a fiber plant uh, where it can pollinate, it will ruin your CBD plant. It will lower your CBD content content so much it will be useless. So we have to keep them from cross pollinating. I do grow both. I'm one of the few farmers probably in the state that actually do grow both for CBD and fiber. Uh, we take a lot of precaution. We plant the fiber downwind. We time the planting so that they're not pollinated at the same time. Okay. And so we take a lot of precautions uh, so that they don't cross-pollinate. How far apart do they have to be, the two different crops? NC State says a pollen can uh, travel. travel three miles or more. So are you doing that? Uh, we might be doing 3,000 feet. Have Maybe. you found the effect of it yet? We haven't had any problem with cross-pollination at all. Uh. But I would not advise somebody to do that uh, unless you do your research and you, you know what you're doing because you could ruin your entire CBD crop. Well, you want to know which way the wind's blowing, don't you? Yeah, we plant it downwind. <laughs> we plant the, the fiber east of the uh, CBD because prevailing winds come from the west. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. So how do I sell this stuff? Uh, there's different ways of marketing it. Uh, I always tell people... Um, don't plant any hemp of any kind until you've got a contract. Um, like wanna, tobacco is now. Just like tobacco, we want to make sure that we have a market. And there are markets out there. There are a lot of retailers for the, uh, the CBD in, and they're making products like creams and oils and salves and beauty products, uh, shampoo, skin care products. All of this is made out of your CBD oil. And so there are markets, there are companies in North Carolina that process that, and you can contract them. You can, you can go on the website at NCDA and find a list of processors. So what is that website? Um, just look up NCDA, which is North Carolina Department of Agriculture, and if you'll Google that and then type in hemp, and it will lead you to a department. The hemp provisions are listed there. And you can pull up a list of all the hemp processors in North Carolina. They do have to apply for a license if they process it. So that one site, you can do everything. You can that, register. You can that one site you can where identify you, where to get the product, the seeds. You can identify how to grow it. I mean, it's pretty comprehensive. It's pretty comprehensive. Everything you need to know is on it. And that's also the site where you go to get your license. And so what's that site again? It's, uh, it's NCDA and CS. With the ampersand, the and, not A-N-D. But NCDA and CS. And CS um, is 
consumer services, and that was added to NC Department of Agriculture several years ago. So when you pull up the website, you have to add the CS to it. But it's very simple. Just Google that, and then you can follow that right on well, through. Probably if you just Googled Hemp North Carolina, it's probably going to be on that list, I'm sure. It might be, but yeah. you might have to scroll down several yeah, pages. Okay. But it shouldn't be that hard to find. It's not hard to find at all. Okay. So I'm going to back up a little bit. And, Andy, I'm taking your show over. I'm sorry. You look like you're sleeping yeah, over Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. Lou, you just got that unique personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. But there was one thing that I wanted to mention. I've got a friend of mine, and I'll, I keep bringing these people up that I know. That's okay. Is that, uh, it's a good parable. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, uh, a friend of mine was telling me that in, in Montana, back in the teens and the 1920s, they were growing a lot of, a lot of hemp in, in Montana, and they were manufacturing a lot of rope that was going for the war effort right. and di different things. And there were some old plants that, uh, that manufactured the extraction machines that were producing the, the fiber to make rope. And, and this friend of mine found found the uh, an, an old, old extraction machine in Montana. He went and he took it to Wisconsin, and they started redoing re redoing some of the and updating some of the technology and and updating the machine. So now we've got some equipment out there that could be used to make the rope. I mean, they were doing this back in the teens, sure. and this was a very profitable crop. You know, the sales for the ships and. There's yeah. just tremendous uses for this Putting product. Put sleeping bag. And, 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 and the other thing is that, that like a T-shirt, a, a, a T-shirt is basically indestructible. It'll just last forever and ever. And and the now industry don't want that. It, well, that's it. That that's it. <laughs> and and there'll there'll be some brandings like Patagonia. I understand is working with some different hemp people and and uh, but we feel like North Carolina has got a lot of advantages over other parts of the country because we've got the climate, we've got sure. the soil, and we know what can be grown. And, and we've got the and, farmers. And, and, and we've, got, we've got the farming and it's just everything. And we've got the government supporting us to the point that, uh, that we're getting to know these politicians. And we want people to, to, to just change their image of what hemp is and, and, that, uh, and, and, and look, look at it as something that can help our economy make us more productive, more profitable. Walter, is there any funding out there? You know, is there any scholarships or funding or startup or? There's funding through the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and through USDA Farm Service Agency. It's not specifically for hemp. It's for innovative products, okay. uh, new products, and new methods of marketing products. There are grants out there. People just have to, to again, Google grants for hemp for North Carolina. And you can find the list, but there, there, there is a possibility you can get some grants, especially if you want to be innovative. Mm -hmm. You want to come up with a, a new method of uh, extracting the hemp or producing a new product. Uh, there's a lot of money becoming available, and I see it becoming more available in the next few years. Well, the, the, the other thing we hadn't even brought up is NC State. Walter went to school at NC, NC State. I mean, as far as the school there and as far as oh, the support... Credible. That, that, that we've gotten from them is just it, it's been and they've sure. been helping us since day one they help originate this and that's where walter went to school i went to the university of georgia and we've got a hellacious well, go, dogs. <laughs> go, go dogs but we've got but but north carolina is just it's taking it to a different level yeah. well they always and I have think, yeah, yeah, north carolina has always had some of the and the eight, brightest people AT&T yeah. is doing yeah. a right heck of a job. Yeah. yeah, they're doing that. Sometimes they get overlooked, but they are doing a tremendous job in research on the varieties and, and growing methods for hemp. I've been to several of their field days. Very informative. If, if anybody wants to learn about hemp, especially in the western part of the state, uh, sign up for one of the A and NC A&T field days. Are there any other the schools that's doing it? Uh, NC of? State is doing it. We Actually, NC State down in Salisbury at their research station is having a uh, field day, and it's going to be pretty much uh, based on all the hemp. There'll be some other crops in there, but it'll be primarily on the hemp, on the CBD and fiber production. And it's coming up in August, and you can go to um, uh, Extension Service, and you can register for that event. Uh, it's going to be really good. And, and, and like, uh, what time Andy's, of year? It's going it's to be in just a few weeks. It's okay, be, uh, coming up. I don't know the exact date, but it's like the second week in August, maybe August 17th. Uh, that's uh, but they can Google that sure, and, and find out. And you do have to register. Uh, if you don't register, you can't go. Um, so 
if you're interested, please find that and register. But NC State's done a heck of a job, and, and they're turning more now from CBD to, to fiber. And they have apply, applied for a huge grant that, if, if funded, uh, it will fund research for hemp for fiber for the next three years. I'll be part of that project. Okay. There's a couple of farmers in North Carolina, uh, the head of the hemp department in NC State and the head of the uh, hemp department in Virginia Tech, at Virginia Tech. And we'll all be conducting joint research to, to find varieties, growing methods. And we're also going to test the fiber. We're going to have uh, NC State's uh, textile co uh, college to test this fiber just to see how good it is. Well, so it, it's it, really interesting and exciting. Well, the, the other thing that's really impressed me is the economic development people. I've got a really good relationship with economic development people in Wilkes County. They've got new people in there. And they're just, Leanne Nixon has just been yeah, absolutely in, 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 incredible. And then Surrey County, Walter's got the contacts in Surrey and Wilkes in, 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 in Surrey and Yadkin County. And uh, and we've even reached out to people like in Mooresville. And everybody wants to help. Everybody realizes that uh, that this industry is just in its infancy. Sure. And, and now th there's, there's just, it, it's just got a tremendous future. And we're just hoping that we can be a part of its growth. And that people will have a, have a more more of an acceptance on on what on what the plan is doing. But but we are very fortunate to be working with the economic development people because they they've asked us to do certain things and we decided to follow their instructions and and it's helped us helped us tremendously because we didn't know whether we wanted to get publicity on what we're doing or not. But we contacted you know, the different people with the pilot, you know, with the Hemp Pilot Association, we said, we've been given the opportunity to get this thing exposed, but, you know, what should we do? We want, don't want to jump the gun. They said, go for it. Right. So that's why I've got Walter helping me, and we've got the same ultimate goal is to help promote this thing and get it going to a level to where everybody in five years from, from five years from now are going to say we had a chance to get involved with it. You know, back in, you know, you know, back in in 2021. But now, there's a lot of new things. Business is being changed on a daily basis, and we can just figure we we we're going to figure out how, how to adapt to it and how we're going to work in harmony with the nature, with, with Mother Nature, to where. Everything that we do, we you know we're we're proud of. Well, we're glad you're here, and I'm sure my listening audience appreciates this show today. And uh, spread the word out there, guys. Uh, if you just tuned in, uh, you know uh, uh, this is uh, on uh, Spotify, Podbeam, and of course on the Master website. So, well, good, you good know reference. the other thing, you know this this could also be used as an as as a show to where we can get sponsors to get people to start determining. For example, I think Carolina Farm Credit, I've been told that they didn't want to get involved with, with farm loans that had anything to do with hemp, and that really set me on fire. And I, I, and I decided I that, that, you know, that, that's, just, that's just not right. But, but we need to tell them that there is a need for, to grow farm, to buy land. I mean, the values of land are values. Farmland has just gone out of, out of sight. Yeah. I've seen it go from $3,000 an acre to as much as, as $15,000 an acre. And, Lee, you know, you, uh, Lou, you know this, but we have got, we got a drawing card. We just need to show people all over the country that North Carolina can do it better than they can. So, so back to this, are there any schools uh, in the country that you can go to? No, there's no schools just set there's up no, just for him. School of him. No. Um, <laughs> well, that's if you go, you should start in. If well, you go the, to the, the wrong school, they're going to teach you to grow that uh, wacky weed. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, not no, legal in North that. Carolina. We're going to do that. <clears throat> I hope we don't pass that here, but that's just an opinion. Probably shouldn't say that. But, uh, you know, that's fine. Um, I'm going to go back to uh, – I'm thinking of, uh, of the tobacco plants now. Uh, so you get seeds. You get hemp seeds. Is that what you do? Actually, for, for the CBD, you can get two different methods of growing it. Um, you can grow it from seed, a little tiny seed, or you can grow it from a clone. And Clones it, are cheaper, right? Clones are actually more expensive. Okay. Uh, a clone will cost you 4 or $5 per clone, where a seed will cost you um, $0.80 cents to a dollar per seed. The problem is there's no guarantee that seed's going to germinate. Do you germinate so, it like in a greenhouse like you do tobacco? Just like tobacco. Well, uh, and we, on the floating, the floating, on the floating tray, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, and and uh, they've also got a concept like tissue culture. You could take the tissue and you can grow really? a plant. You can gr gr grow a plant from that. So there's several different. You know, you know, there's here. several different ways, but but uh, but we think that we're heading in the right direction, and and we're um, we're we're thinking that now what we we've already it, it's too late to plant now. Yeah, I, I've fine. always What's tried. It's a good time to promote. Well, it, it, yeah, well, now's the time to promoting this and then to get ready for next spring. And, and if you've when got is spring? Any when, when, when did you start? After the last frost or May 1st? Or Believe it or not, uh, I planted some hemp uh, two years ago after Labor Day. Really? Just, we wanted to see what it would do. And it didn't come just a frost on it. It came two freezes. And believe it or not, it turned a little purple around the edges and continued to grow just like nothing had happened well, Walter, to it. It's a weed. It's a natural weed, right? I mean, yeah. Once you get it growing, it's very fragile to get it started. Okay. Uh, when you plant it with uh, the, for the fiber, which that's where North Carolina is going to end up, you can't plant it with about a quarter of an inch deep. The soil can't be compacted. It won't break through. But once it gets through that soil and germinates, it is one more tough plant it can What withstand. type of root system does it have? Uh, it's got like a fibrous root system, not a tap root. Okay. So it spreads. It spreads just out. Just what, maybe a foot or two feet deep? Yeah. Yeah, depending on the soil, and it can be grown in any soil. Right. Uh, I've grown it down east in the sandy soil. I've or grown a flower it, pot. Flower pot. Yeah. Uh, I've grown it in 50-gallon pots, which is in our greenhouse here in Yadkin County, and I've grown it out in the field in both Yadkin County and this red clay soil, and down in Robinson County in the white sandy soil, and you cannot tell any difference. Now, really? you have to treat it a little different, but uh, well, like it will said, grow in any it's soil. It's really a weed. I yeah, mean, it'll, it will grow. It just doesn't. Uh, unlike most weeds, it doesn't like water though. And 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 the uh, the insect environment doesn't seem to bother it either, right? It's not. Um, yes, we do have some, uh -oh. but it's um, it's coming over from some other crops like the uh, the corn worm, corn okay. ear worm. So we don't want to really plant the uh, the hemp right next to a cornfield if we can help it, because they love the taste of that. But I'm saying basically, it's a pretty healthy plant, right? It's a healthy plant. Uh, the fiber plant, um, you shouldn't have to. Spray any pesticides. That's our goal. We want to grow it uh, naturally. Uh, the the CBD. You do have to put some organics on it. There, they are very susceptible to insects and disease. Okay. Uh, You're talking I'm, about the bud. I'm talking yeah. about the bud where you grow the flower sure. for the oil, the CBD oil. Because it's pollinating and it's yeah. generating, so it's but attractive. The, but its cousin or brother, you grow out in the field for the fiber. Um, there's almost no damage from insects on it at all. Now, does the fibers it still have the uh, the uh, pod on it, like the uh, or is it less? It it will. Uh, it produces a very low level of CBD. But I'm uh, just saying, the flower on it is. It not, has a flower, but it's not as big or. It's very very small. Right. Um, and it um, we want to keep it that way. Uh, we want to pack it in there, and so it grows straight up instead of out. And it does have a flower, but we want this plant to get. 12 feet tall. Wow. You couldn't touch that top of that one, could you? No, no. I tell you what, I've learned. I've learned a lot, but but I'm I'm just uh, I'm just fascinated by Walter and his connections with the state and having 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 the understanding of how to talk to these politicians and legislators because when this thing started, from what I understand, there was a guy you've seen him on TV and uh, and on the radio, Bob Crumley, who was. Uh, who was a big who 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 was a, who was an attorney, and he I think uh, got familiar with what was going on in Kentucky and decided to do the same thing in North Carolina. And he was very instrumental in putting together the pilot putting together the pilot program, and and even even Bob with his connections with his money being an attorney, uh, he has had he's had a rough deal. You've had tremendous Canadian companies that have decided to get in, in into the hemp business in the United States that came down to North Carolina, and they have put in ex unbelievable extraction operations, and they've all go, all gone out of business. There's yeah. there's no the, the, you know they they've lost they've lost money. Why? So, so well because they didn't really know what they what they were doing. They didn't have an understanding of the soil, and that uh, that they determined that. Uh, that they've got to report to their stockholders, and if they're selling product that's getting bad press, that's coming from soil that's contaminated, and it makes somebody sick, and they eventually die, sure. you know, they, you know, they, they, they've got tremendous legal oh, no. ramifications. But that's why we're doing this, 
it, it to the best standards that we can go by, and we're following the directions from from the people. You're that following the science. We're following the science, and and and, uh, and 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 just like I keep bringing up the fact that NC State has uh, has done is just done a lot to to take us to the level where we are now, and and I think you're going to be seeing more and more people get into the industry it becomes more acceptable and, and people are really sold on the product with about a minute left last words and testament then we'll give you a chance to tell you how to get in touch with your phone number if you want to get yeah. that out yeah or your uh, definitely your email or website if you have okay. what, what, what's the last thing we want to leave our listening audience with about this wonderful opportunity well, I, I, I just appreciate the opportunity of, of coming here and being well, able to, to, to reach out too, uh, to, you, to, to the people. And I think we're going to keep continue to yeah, do this. Do yeah. and, and we're hoping to do some shows and, and well, we'll, you know, with other radio stations. And we're just glad that we've got this facility with all the, the sound equipment and the professionalism. It's, it's, been, it's been a complete honor to spend time with my friend. Uh, Lou and uh, and Lou, th thank you so much, and thank you, Rodney, for for you know being such a gracious host. How they get in touch with you, Walker? All right, we've got a brand new website. It should go online in about a week. Okay, and it is Foothills Gold Hemp, all one word. Foothills with a S, Gold Hemp, and you can reach us there. You can see what we're a little bio about each of us, about a company that we've sponsored and started. Andy and I started a partnership. And uh, we think the hemp is, is going to be big in North Carolina, and we want to help the, the North Carolina farmers uh, get involved in it. We want to set up infrastructure and, and supply chains so that we can do it right and do it the right way. But you can reach us at our website. Okay. Andy, how to get in touch with okay. you? Okay. I'm a real estate broker with Carolina Realty, and I'm trying to direct business to Wilkes County. And, and you know, call us at, at Carolina Realty or call – uh, called Lou Jewell at Sutton Properties. Lou and I are both ALC members, and and uh, and and we want to basically encourage people to to think about getting into the farming business and how they can transition their property to where they can have good crops. We'd love to help out. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to suggest, we'd appreciate them. All questions are welcome. All of our guests may be emailed with your questions as well. This show is for the public and most importantly for real estate agents who do not have a source of land education. All of our shows are downloaded after the show today on our master website, www.letstalkland.net. That's .net. You'll also find us on Spotify and Podbean. My email is lou at mylandpro.com. My cell phone number is 336-669-1405. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, landhub.com, if you're looking to buy or sell land. Landhub previews thousands of properties nationwide. Rodney, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website. Go to WKTE1090.com, and also they can download the Simple Radio app. And yours anywhere in the universe. How simple is it? Pretty simple. Even Walter could do it. Simple? Yeah. Radio? Simple Radio app. And then punch in WKTE1090. You don't have to put the app in. You just put in Simple Radio on an app. Well, you got to download the app. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got to go to the app store. Download the oh, Simple Radio app. Store. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got it? Yeah. And guess what we play? What? Only happy music. That's right. We're going to make uh, Walter happy. It's going to make me happy because now I can listen in Yadkin County. That's right. That's listen it. listen anywhere in the world. That's right. We need to get you in Wilkes County. You're right there. We're right there in Wilkes County. <laughs> Download the Simple Radio app. You can take us anywhere in Wilkes County. Listen, you don't have Even to write that down and, and, I'll, and I'll remember it. Okay. <laughs> Beach music and oldies. That's right. We won some awards. Yeah, six years in a row being the best beach and oldies radio station on the East Coast. The Can whole East Coast. That's yeah. like from Maine to Key West or something, yeah. but mm -hmm. not past the Mississippi or anything. No. Uh -uh. Okay. But that's still pretty yeah, good. from this side of Mississippi. Yeah, but we're going to be the number one happy radio station in the country, right? That's right. We have a contest going. Yeah. It's real simple. That's right. <laughs> go well, for some. <laughs> go, go to our website, which is what? WKTE1090.com. Okay, and we've got a new website, which yes. is great. It's doing good. Mm -hmm. And if you will take our current logo, which is the wave, right, That's and right. make it happy, mm -hmm. visually make it happy, either with words like the happy radio station or with visuals like a surfer or smiling sun 
Uh, what, if they go uh, to the website, they can see what John he has. Yeah, he's got a good example there. there. And uh, uh, this show is going to be giving a $500 cash award, mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to end on August the 30th, first. 30, how many days in August? Uh, uh, well, anyway, the last day of August, <laughs> midnight. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> no. So please get that in. The only thing you have to do is give us the rights to it because we're going to change our marketing, yeah. and we'll be using that logo. So you'll have to give us the rights, and you'll get your $500. That's right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, that's uh, that's current right now. So get those uh, those drawings in, and you won a nice award not too long ago. Yeah, the Reader's Choice Award for uh, the announcer of the year. Really, 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 really. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week.